Welcome to our show. This is going to be terrible. We're three friends hanging out, talking about whatever seems interesting at the time. If we haven't met before, I'm Robert. I'm James. In brightest day, in blackest night, beware my power. I am Nathan. I and I'm Batman. In today's episode, we'll share our thoughts on some of the things announced at DC's fandom event on August 23rd. Because there was so much covered at fandom, we each picked our top things that we think are going to be great and our top things that we think are going to be terrible. At the end, we'll give some honorable mentions to other things announced at fandom we didn't have time to discuss today. Uh, so wait, is, is it fandom or fandom or, or fandom? The spelling's got me really mixed up here. Let's go to James and talk about his introduction to the DC universe and how much he loves me, Batman. I don't know that it's so much you, you, Batman, but you know, whatever. So growing up as a bit of backstory, I don't really remember reading a ton of DC comics. The only one that really sticks out is, I think I had read a trade paperback version of the Death of Superman arc. So the really big thing that was happening in the 90s. What really got me into any kind of DC stuff was watching the Fox Kids Afternoon lineup, which would usually consist of Batman, the animated series, the Paul Dini and Bruce Timm animated series, which was really, really great. And then, of course, that led to maybe the order is different. I don't know. But I also had seen, you know, the Tim Burton Batman movies, Batman 89 and Batman Returns, which led to at some point watching the Adam West Batman from the 60s. And it just continues on and just on and on. I think over the years, I've probably seen all of the Bruce Tim Paul Dini Batman DC Universe shows, which goes from Batman to Superman to Batman Beyond, etc. and so on, all through Justice League. And it's all pretty good. And just leads to all of their eventual live action shows and movies and to where we are currently now. Nathan, how about you? <laughs> I have never been a big comic book reader. So like my only real foray into the DC Universe has been with the Batman films the slew of Batman films that are out there. Not even so much the Superman ones or any of the other ones that came out. And I mean, I kind of got on board with the DCEU movies that have been coming out, but not as much as I have the MCU ones. Just, it is what it is. Batman is disappointed. Let me go get Robert so he can share his thoughts about how much he loves me, Batman. Whoa, you guys know what's going on? Like, I feel like the last few minutes I've been just like stuck in a dark room and all of a sudden I'm back here again. Did you guys see Batman? I heard he was here. No, I didn't see Batman. Dying to meet that guy. He's pretty cool. So I was never much into uh, comics, but, you know, I followed a lot of uh, DC properties through other means, video games and cartoon shows and stuff like James. I also grew up watching the, some of the Batman cartoons uh, and Superman and, and such. Like all things like, you know, comic book stuff and science fiction and superheroes and things like that. I just naturally like those kinds of things and followed along and played a lot of the games and watched a lot of the movies, you know, so I know enough about the lore to keep up, so to speak, with the different characters, but not too deep where I'm, you know, super, super obsessed with the content. For me, Marvel and DC are almost on the same footing for me. I have, I have the same amount, same amount of interest in both properties. So I'm excited to talk about some of the things that happened at Fandome a couple weeks ago. Let's kick it off by talking about the Batman. They dropped a trailer for this movie starring Robert Pattinson as the Batman. So James, what do you think about this? So when we originally created our list, this was actually the number five out of my top five things that I enjoyed at the DC fandom. It's the Batman, directed by Matt Reeves, and we have a brand new Batman, Robert Pattinson. We also have co-starring in it Zoe Kravitz as a new version of Selena Kyle, Catwoman. It looks like we're starting out like early in her career, what we've seen so far in the trailer is just kind of her in like little, not even quite cat ear things, but sort of stylized like it. We have Colin Farrell as the Penguin, who is totally unrecognizable. They have enough good makeup work on it that you cannot tell it's him. There was a lot of people on the internet who just did not know at first that it was him. I think I, before we recorded, I saw something come up that even some of the cast didn't realize when they went to go film that, hey, that's Colin Farrell. So that's pretty neat. And we've also got Paul Dano as the Riddler. I'll admit I don't really know who that is. But it's cool that we're going to get another Riddler that probably isn't going to be as out there as Jim Carrey was back in the 90s. 
The other big name is we have Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon, which is an interesting pick. It adds a little bit more diversity to the cast, which is probably something that is was really needed when you consider that these comics, the original Batman comics came back out in, I believe, the 30s, 40s is when they were starting out. Admittedly, back then, it was a lot of just whiteness. So I'm all for there being a little more diversity in it. But I, this is being described as Batman's year two. So it's not going to be a full origin story for him. He's going to be picking up as he's been going along a little bit. It's been described more as sort of an origin for Catwoman and Penguin and, and this version of the Riddler. And honestly, after I saw it, it made me go back and want to compare it to looking up the first teaser trailer for The Dark Knight, which came out in 2008, the middle movie of the Chris Nolan trilogy, because they're kind of in the same vein of like, Batman is established and a little bit, so how is he doing right now? And it's just interesting to compare it because this is going to be our second go round of kind of like a gritty Batman. After the Ben Affleck version in Justice League, we had a whole bunch of like sci-fi things going around and the 90s Batman was eventually evolved into camp. So this is going to be our second time having a really super gritty Batman. And I'm not too sure how I feel about it yet. This is why I placed it down at number five. But there is still a lot of hope for it because the trailer is only cut from the first 25% of the movie that was filmed before COVID-19 delays. And I'll pass it over to Nathan. What did you think? I actually, uh, similar to James in that I have high hopes for it, I guess, but I actually put it on my terrible list because I'm sick of Batman. I mean, I understand it's not the same Batman that I grew up with, with the campy versions of the bat nipples and that kind of stuff. And that's fine. I love it. Not that I had anything against the 90s Batman. It's what I grew up with. But it's just, like I said, there's a slew of Batman films out there already. Why do we need another one? I am glad it's not an origin story, that it's starting off in year two, like they've described in the trailer, as James explained. And I kind of like that they're, it seems like they're focusing more on some of the villains' origins. That's really cool, I think. But it's just, again, why another Batman movie? Why not do, like, a Robin movie or whatever and have it, you know, have Batman as a secondary character? Why do we need another Batman movie? We got to talk about this, Nathan. Why do you have a problem with Batman? Tell me. Did I ever do anything to you? You didn't come to my ninth birthday party. Did you guys see Batman? I heard it was around here. Well, you know, I get where Nathan's coming from. There have been a lot of Batman movies. Uh, I have seen all of them. I actually don't really have major issues with all of them, with any of them, sorry. I mean, even some of the more cringy ones, uh, like some of the Schumacher Batman and you know, like the ones with Mr. Freeze and stuff like that that can, and bat nipples, like Nathan mentioned, thank you for uh, bringing back that horrific image into my mind. But I mean, yeah, I kind of get that, you know, why more Batman? But at the same time, I think it's, I think it's okay if we're getting like this reinterpretation of him. I think this is, you know, something that's just inherent in comics, like characters get reintroduced and reinvented and so it's I think it's just natural that it, the same thing is gonna happen in the movies too but I agree with some of the things that the the guys are saying here I like that it's year two you know we're not getting an origin story we don't have to work I mean I hope that we don't get another parent's death scene again I hope that we can just kind of move on and just you know assume something dark happened to this guy and that we're not having to retread over the same things over and over and over again but I also like that we're not getting the how did he build the Batmobile and how did he do this and how did we do that? You know, that we're starting, you know, year two into his career and we're introducing other things other than the title character. I love the super gritty and brutal nature of it. That scene where he's, you know, he kind of like just beats up that first bad guy, but then like he's on the ground. The dude is obviously incapacitated, but he just throws in a couple more pummels. That's for the other guys behind him to know he shouldn't mess with him. And I, and I like that, uh, that fear tactic that Batman uses a lot to like, that they're showing that. And, and like James said, this is, this is a trailer cut from only 25 to 30% of the, of what they filmed of the movie, the whole film filming of the movie, like this is incredible that they could pull off something that really gives you a sense of what the movie is going to be like with only a very small amount of it actually filmed. So I, I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm glad it's also a separate Earth to Justice League. That was another note that I had heard. So that, you know, we're embracing this whole, you know, multiverse thing that, that's in the comics too, where, you know, yeah, it's, it's a different Batman from a different Earth. 
And this could also play into other movies later on that cover multiverse things like The Flash that was also announced at DC's fandom. So I, this is number two on my list. I am really, really excited for this one. Moving on from The Batman, let's talk about another movie that The Batman will appear in, The Snyder Cut. James, what do you think about The Snyder Cut? So brief little background on Snyder Cut. We have the 2017 movie Justice League, who was originally going to be directed by Zack Snyder. He had a family tragedy happen, so he had to step away, and DC and Warner Brothers brought in Joss Whedon to finish it. And the movie came out, and the general reception was that it was just kind of eh, but there was this facet of the fanboys who just did not like it, and they hated it. And they put all of their hope in, oh, release the Snyder Cut. We want to see what his vision was going to be. We don't care about what Joss Whedon wanted and stuff. And apparently, this goes to show that if you whine enough nowadays online, you can maybe get your way. To me, that's not the best takeaway from this, but it is what it is. So we have coming to HBO Max in 2021, Zack Snyder's The Justice League. And honestly, when I saw this trailer, I just kind of had to cringe. This is not in my top five list. I put it down in the terrible. The trailer is set to Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. That just come across as super pretentious to me. Mm-hmm. It, it makes it seem like, hey, you Snyder fanboys, you're getting your Snyder cut. Hallelujah. Praise be to Zack Snyder. And I just, that is in the climate that we have today, that is maybe not the best thing to have happened. So it just came off as super pretentious to me. Will I still watch this? I've already got HBO Max. It's not going to cost me anything extra other than my time. It's going to be a four-hour miniseries as opposed to the two-hour Whedon cut. Sure, I will probably watch it out of curiosity. I don't know that I'm looking forward to it, though. Nathan? The Snyder Cut is actually number three on my list. I do agree with James on a lot of the bad aspects of it. I don't like the choice of Hallelujah for the trailer. I didn't understand why they even chose that for a song to play through the trailer. And I kind of got to agree with James' interpretation on that. I actually just watched the Justice League movie, the Joss Whedon version, just a couple weeks ago. So I have a pretty fresh mind to all this. And I enjoyed the film. I, I thought it was a fun ride. And I didn't un- quite understand why people didn't care for it. But again, I don't have much history with these kind of things. So I'm actually really interested to see how another director would have done this movie, you know, now that there actually is a chance for this to happen. So, I mean, I enjoyed all the characters in it. I liked that version of Batman way more than I thought I would. It just, to me, it, it struck so many good chords of a good movie. Granted, it's not perfect, but I mean, it, like I said, it was a fun ride. So I have high hopes for it. And like James mentioned, it's not going to cost me anything but time to view it. So I I just kind of have high hopes for it. Uh, Robert? This is, the Snyder Cut's number five on my my top five. I saw the Justice League 2, the Joss Whedon version. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good for me either. I, it just, I kept watching it and it, it didn't, like all the moments where they're trying to like bring these characters together, felt like they were trying to build off of the same the same positive reaction that people had to the Avengers, but they didn't earn it. Like they, they didn't build the world out as well as they should have um, the way that Marvel did that in the MCU building up to Avengers. Like when Avengers came out and you, you have them assemble and you have this, you know, you have this F yeah moment when you finally see all these characters coming together, it was earned and it didn't feel that way in Justice League. It felt like, we don't want to wait and put in the time that it will take. BBS didn't do as great. It did well, but not as good as we wanted to. And, you know, all of the other properties are still not getting off the ground. And we want to do, we want to have our Avengers moment now. Mm-hmm. And so it just kind of, and then what happened with, you know, Zack Snyder's daughter and everything, he had to step away, you know, as a father of, of as a father period and a father of girls, I completely get that, you know, that he would need to step away from finishing this. But from what I saw and what, you know, what was changing everything in Joss Whedon version, how it turned out, I would have preferred that they have waited. So I'm actually looking, I'm not fanboy in the sense that I'm crying for the Snyder cut. If it never came out, I'd be fine, but I'm actually excited to see it. I want to know what this thing would have looked like had he have gotten to complete it. 
and we're it looks like we're actually gonna get that so while it's not super high on my list i'm still excited to see the snyder cut i don't have hbo max but uh, you know i would probably sign up for however long it's needed to see it you know and then to at least be able to enjoy and consume it so moving on from Snyder Cut, the next thing on our list of announcements to cover is The Sandman. This is actually going to be on TV. So James, tell us a little bit about Sandman and your thoughts. So The Sandman started as a comic run in the late 80s to the mid 90s, written by and created by Neil Gaiman. And it was a 75 issue run. So pretty long by most standards. And it dealt with its main character, Morpheus, who is the Lord of Dreams. And he's part of a race of some brothers and sisters called the Endless. Among them, you've got like a personification of death and destiny and et cetera and so on. And it's pretty interesting. I haven't read a ton of it yet, but I did listen to a couple months ago. They made an audible audio drama version of it with a really cool all-star cast. They actually had James McAvoy starring as the main character Morpheus, and they had Neil Gaiman himself narrating it. And it went through the first 20 issues of the series. So it's kind of neat now where I'm through the library reading those issues and seeing like, oh, they actually did a pretty good job adapting this to the audio version. I will warn you, it is a bit darker than I thought it was going to be going in. I had previously read some Neil Gaiman novels before, and it's really good. Definitely not for kids, content warning there. But it's also going to be turning into a Netflix original series. I'm not sure if it's launching next year, year after. With the whole COVID delays, it's hard to say at the moment. But Neil Gaiman is attached to it behind the scenes. In his mind, during this panel, he talked about it's actually kind of a great thing that this delay happened. It kind of let them be a bit more creative with it, take some more time, polish the scripts that they're going to have. Because the one interesting thing is, in both the audio version and the original comics, they were set in the time period of those original comics, late 80s, early 90s. But the Netflix show is going to be set in present day. So it's kind of opened up it a bit more creatively, so he can re-envision like, hey, if I were doing this today, which he is, what might he have changed? So I just thought it was pretty cool that it's going to be a thing we're going to get. And I understand that both you, Nathan, and Robert are not that familiar with Sandman, but do you all have any thoughts on it? After what you just described, that sounds really interesting. Just reading that they're doing a Sandman TV show, I just kind of loved that it was like, eh, I don't care. I don't know who the Sandman is. I don't know anything about it. And honestly what kind of a name is the Sandman? So I, I did not look into it. I feel bad about that now because that sounds like a really interesting topic. I'm still a little worried about it being more of a mental thing, but like you said, with it being not geared towards children, I think there'll be a really interesting facet that it's going to possibly be more of a, a mental kind of um, battle, I guess I want to say, instead of it just being super powered, super strained, super speed, human, super humans fighting each other all the time. Robert? Yeah, I didn't, I don't know much about, I knew Neil Gaiman was behind uh, the Sandman, but I didn't know anything about, about it, the character or any of the world. What James described does intrigue me. I'm glad that there is an audio drama version. I may actually check that out because I could listen to it, you know, in the background or on the way to work or something and catch up on some of that. And then if the material interests me, then yeah, I definitely would want to catch, catch the show. So next up on our list, we actually have a video game, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Now, this one is actually number four on my list of top five things from DC's Fandom. And this looks really cool. If you guys haven't seen the trailer, definitely check that out. It, is in, it looks like a ton of fun. By far, my favorite part of the entire trailer is Captain Boomerang which doesn't seem to be like a very popular DC character, but in the way they play him out in the trailer, he's just hilarious. And he, he actually even looks like probably the most fun to play. The trailer doesn't really cover uh, gameplay, right? It's just a teaser for the game. So, you know, we're introduced to the four main characters, Harley Quinn, Deadshot, King Shark, and Captain Boomerang. And uh, which is, a I think, a pretty decent mix for if we have to play... Um, different characters from the Suicide Squad. I think those are pretty, pretty well rounded. You've got your brawler in Harley Quinn. You've got your ranged, uh, you know, shooter, sniper in Deadshot. You've got your heavy in King Shark. 
And then you've got your kind of mid-range fighter in, in Captain Boomerang. And so it, it looks like it's a good mix of characters, not just in the story elements itself and in those, how those characters vary, but also in the way that they fight and they play. In this teaser, you do kind of get a sense of what the gameplay might be like. Um, you know, Harley's using a bat to beat up some guys. Captain Boomerang's got his boomerang. Deadshot's shooting people. He's got a jetpack. Um, so, you know, we're probably going to be moving around in a jetpack if you play as Deadshot. King Shark looks like he's kind of got like a giant leap, kind of like Hulk, you know, jump very far. Captain Boomerang has this really interesting thing where like he throws his boomerang and then teleports to wherever the boomerang is. That looks really neat. I, I, I don't know if it's evident by the way I'm talking about it, but I'm actually looking forward to playing as Captain Boomerang. He does really, it really do make him look like an interesting character in this trailer. And then the idea that, you know, they're going after the Justice League seems like pretty cool. Like, you know, we're going to take on hopefully more multiple characters in the Justice League. They only show in the trailer Superman uh, as an enemy, but hopefully we get the gamut of, of Justice League members to fight. I think my only concern from what I've seen in the trailer is the animation looks a bit Fortnite-y to me. Um, and some of the some of the cutscenes and stuff that I've seen from Fortnite, the animation and style looks a little bit similar. Uh, and I've heard some other reviewers kind of say the same things. But since we don't have any introduction to the gameplay, I, we don't know what it looks like. But I hope it's not not like Fortnite in that sense. But otherwise, this looks like a ton of fun. I'm, the only the only other thing that sucks is that it doesn't come out till 2022 currently. So we're gonna be waiting a while for this one. Nathan, you got any thoughts on this one? A few, a few more to add, I should say. This was something that I was really excited to see when I saw the trailer for it. And as Robert said, you know, this is just more of a concept trailer than it is a gameplay trailer, which is perfectly fine. Because the premise alone has me excited that you get to play as a villain, hunting down these big names that everybody's heard about. And, you know, instead of the good guy necessarily winning all the time, you get to, you know, topple them down, you know, knock them down a peg or so. Although with it not being a gameplay trailer, I don't feel comfortable commenting too much about it other than I'm just excited about the premise. I don't quite understand the whole Fortnite animation style looking thing because it doesn't look as cartoony to me. I mean, it doesn't look absolutely AAA realistic, but it definitely doesn't look as cartoony as Fortnite. But I mean, again, it's not gameplay footage. It was just kind of more of a this is what we're working on and hopefully people will be excited about it. And I am, I, I can't wait to find out more about it as they reveal more about the game. Yeah. Uh, James. Yeah. This didn't even make my list. It's not that I have anything against this game. It's being developed by Rocksteady who were the ones who did the original Batman Arkham Asylum games. So it's kind of neat that they're finally coming back and doing a new DC flavored video game. A lot of people originally thought they were going to be working on a Superman game, which I was maybe not as excited about. It's kind of weird. The uh, original rumors were that Warner Brothers Montreal were going to be working on a Suicide Squad game, but I guess things kind of like weren't working out with them and nobody's for sure yet how it happened, but somehow the football got kicked over to Rocksteady and now they're doing it which is fine because Warner Brother Montreal is actually working on something else that we're going to talk about on our list in a little bit, another game. But this game, it is still set in the Arkham universe that Rocksteady has established. So that'll be neat to see what some of these characters are doing otherwise. There's, I don't know if there's been a word on when it is set, like if it's set before any of the Arkham games, if it's set after the last one, because that'll make a big difference on whether or not Batman shows up semi-spoilers for a six-year-old game <laughs> but yeah I'm, I'm not as excited about it like has been said it doesn't come out till 2022 these kind of trailers give us an idea of what gameplay might be like but there is still a lot of time between now and then that we're not for sure what it's going to be like so there's just a lot of questions I'm not against it I will probably pick it up unless the reviews are horrible I just kind of want to wait and see what's going to happen another year, year and a half from now and see what it looks like. So I think we're done with that. So we're going to move on. Now I want to talk about Wonder Woman 1984. So they had a new trailer. I'm not sure if this is technically going to be the final one or not. The movie is finally going to be coming out in October. 
I think the first week of October. It was supposed to come out last June. However, it got delayed due to COVID-19, much like a lot of things. Personally, I'm still not going to go see it in theaters, even October, unless things drastically improve. But hey, I'll look forward to looking at it when it's on video on demand at some point. But it is the sequel to the 2017 Wonder Woman movie. And it has the same director in Patty Jenkins. And we've still got the same main character, Gal Gadot, playing Wonder Woman. And we also have Chris Pine returning as Steve Trevor, which is interesting because Spoilers for a three-year-old movie. He died at the end of the first Wonder Woman movie. So there's been some question about how he comes back. We sort of, through leaks, have kind of learned a little bit more, but not entirely sure. And this trailer still doesn't really answer it either. And we also have, playing the villains, we have Kristen Wiig as Cheetah, who in the comics is a sort of empowered by like the spirit of a cheetah. It's a magical type thing which kind of fits with Amazons and Greek mythology and stuff. And she's going to be playing Cheetah, who's the main villain for Wonder Woman. And we also have Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord. And we don't actually really see a ton of him in the trailer. Like, so we're not sure exactly what he's going to do. Apparently he might be part of how Steve Trevor comes back. He's got some magic MacGuffin. Nobody's entirely sure yet, but we don't have that long to wait because it's coming out in October. And the one really cool thing I saw in the trailer is towards the beginning of it, we see a bunch of lightning in the sky and we see Wonder Woman get her lasso around it and she basically just rides the lightning across the sky. So I thought that was pretty neat. The effects on Cheetah look pretty good. Kristen Wiig plays a very good, mean, vengeful person. The cheetah final cat type version of her we see at the end, thankfully looks a lot better than the CGI version of Cats, the musical we got last December. Because oh gosh, that is nightmare inducing. (laughs) And the other cool thing that I found about the movie is that we sort of have a bit of a role reversal. In the first movie, we had Steve Trevor meeting Wonder Woman on the island of the Amazons, and he brings her back to fight in World War I. So we had him introducing Wonder Woman to, hey, this is the world of man. Here are how things are here. When now, instead, we have a Steve Trevor who has been dead for 60 to 70 years. Now Diana, Wonder Woman, has to introduce him to, this is the 80s. And we get sort of a little montage of that towards the end of the trailer, which is a nice time for them to make some jokes about parachute pants. Steve Trevor, a pilot, doesn't understand. Is everybody parachuting now? So that was kind of neat. I don't know. Any thoughts, Nathan? Not too much to expand on. I did enjoy the first film, so I am kind of looking forward to this one. But I just, this is an area where I know nothing about it. Like, I know of Wonder Woman. I know about her lasso of truth and that I think she has an invisible jet. But as far as the villain she faces, I know nothing about this. So I just, even with the trailer, it's like, I don't know if I should be surprised or excited about what I'm about to see. Because to me, it just looks like she's getting ready to have a cat fight, as terrible as that sounds. So I guess I just have to wait until I see the movie because I I can't make a judgment as it is now. Robert? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, I, I might know a little bit more about uh, Wonder Woman than you. I know who Cheetah is and I'm familiar with some of her villains and it's not of her background, but, and this movie didn't make my top five, if only because there was just so much that happened at Fandom that I'm more excited about. But I am excited to see this one, like James, when, when it's safe. But, uh, you know, the trailer does look good. I agree with James on all of his points. Uh, the, the CG on, on Cheetah looks good. The Riding Lightning does look awesome. So I'm, I do want to see this one. It just wasn't in my top five because of the volume of stuff that was just so great at this. So, I mean, this one is definitely on the list of great things to look out for. So I am excited for this one. Moving on from Wonder Woman, the next thing on our list is The Suicide Squad. James Gunn's not sequel, sequel to other suicide content movie coming out. James? Yeah, like Robert said, this is directed by James Gunn, who previously is known for the Guardian of the Galaxy movies at Marvel. And like he said, it is not a direct 
direct follow-up to 2016 Suicide Squad. Instead, Gunn feels that it's a sequel to the John, I'm going to probably butcher this name, John Ostlander, his 1980s comic book run, which was known for killing a lot of the Suicide Squad, hence the name. So it's got a immense all-star cast, and honestly, I think most of them are probably going to die on the opening mission. I, I don't see most of them lasting through the first, let's be optimistic here, 30 minutes of the movie. Probably more like 15 to 20, but whatever. I, I foresee an opening mission where about half of these big names are going to be killed, and we're probably going to have it narrowed down to probably about a, I don't know, a six to seven person squad that we'll focus on for the rest of the movie, which if I'm going to place any bets, I'm not going to include the main one who runs it is Amanda Waller, played Viola, Viola Davis. So she's probably safe running things behind. If I were going to place bets on who's probably going to survive an opening mission type thing, I'd say Harley Quinn, played by Margot Robbie. She'll probably survive. I don't see them wanting to kill off Harley Quinn because she's a pretty big deal. I could see Captain Boomerang surviving. That's two. He seems to be a fan favorite now. A lot of people, for whatever reason, like this Jai Courtney version of him. I thought he was fine. Uh, Bloodsport, played by Idris Elba. Again, he's another big name actor, so I could see him surviving. Also, it starts to add a little bit of diversity, which is always a good thing nowadays. King Shark, huge CGI character, which would pair him with Weasel, who is being, as far as I know, motion captured by James Gunn's brother, Sean Gunn. So I could see the two of them forming kind of like a rocket raccoon group type situation. We've got the big bruiser character in King Shark and the tiny little weasel, weasel guy. And I can see there's a character called Ratcatcher 2 because it's actually the second version of the Ratcatcher. In the comics, it was a male character. This is a slight variation on it in a female character played by Daniela Melchior. So I could see them having her survive along with, I have no idea who this character is. It might be an original character, Sol Soria, played by Alice Braga, just so we could have some extra female representation in the Suicide Squad. So if I were going to have a list of six to seven people, I would see them possibly surviving. But the, the cast is massive. We have somebody playing the thinker, uh, the Doctor Who character playing the thinker. We have Nathan Fillion coming back in. We have Michael Rooker coming back in. There are a ton of big names on this on this list. Anybody could survive, and it will be probably pretty cool and pretty funny because it's James Gunn. Nathan, this was actually really confusing for me because I wasn't understanding that there was a movie the suicide squad and then video game suicide squad so i saw the movie trailer first and was like oh wow this is pretty cool you know it kind of sucks that they're making another suicide squad movie but look at all these people they got into this is going to be amazing and then i saw the video game trailer and i was like oh they got two trailers for video game and that kind of makes sense because i know nathan fillion's has done some voice acting in video games and that'd be kind of cool to have like just a slew of characters that i've never heard of before essentially and play video game versions of them and then reality set in and I realized, no, they're making another Suicide Squad movie and I just kind of toned out because I wasn't very impressed with the first one and I understand it's not a sequel to that one and there's a lot of big names now, but as James mentioned, if it's a sequel to the comic books where a lot of the characters got killed off, I, you can't take the sky from me. Robert. I'm actually excited for this one. This one is number three on my list. I'm a big fan of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I think James Gunn did a terrific job there. Uh, it's a shame that he had that falling out with Disney and that, you know, we'll see whatever happens with Guardians 3. But he's getting his shot here at another genre that's not all dissimilar from Guardians of the Galaxy in the sense that you're dealing with a ragtag group of people that don't necessarily want to work together but are forced to work together based on the circumstances. So it fits his M.O., uh, of the type of story that that he's good at, that we've seen that he's good at telling. I love the idea that we're getting a bunch of really obscure characters that we don't have to worry too much about, you know, remembering who they are and what their abilities are and everything. Because like James said, in the first 15 minutes, they're probably going to die anyway. Uh, but it's still cool to get, you know, to see, uh, you know, some of these off the wall characters get just a little bit of screen time and some recognition. And then 
hopefully they die in a really cool and interesting way so that they they're at least remembered for how neat they passed but it looks good. Um, there wasn't a, it wasn't a trailer necessarily that dropped, but like a behind the scenes kind of montage uh, and a character announcement video that kind of listed uh, the majority of the characters will be appearing and the actors that are playing them. I'm a sucker for anything with Nathan Fillion. So I'm really interested to see what he brings to the role of TDK is who's playing in the movie, which uh, some people think is this one character this some, I forget what his name is. It's like the drop arm kid or something like that or whatever basically his arms pop off uh, and he can use them to beat people with so i i'm really interested to see what nathan fillion can do with that because he he's he's great he's great so i'm excited to see this movie james gunn is great i think he's going to do a good job here the the bts footage has me convinced so i'm i'm excited for what appears to be a wild ride in suicide squad which is coming out like most everything else in 2021 so moving on to the final thing that we'll cover in this episode is another video game and here to introduce it, Batman. And then the next thing we'll be talking about is Gotham Knights. James, tell us a little bit about Gotham Knights. I don't know if you want to hear about Gotham Knights, Batman. Why not? In this video game, you're dead. What? What? Yes. How can I be dead if I'm right here, James? I'm Batman. And a ghost. <laughs> in all seriousness though we have the gotham knights video game it's uh what i was alluding to earlier developed by warner brothers montreal they have a background in batman video games actually they created the arkham origins video game which rocksteady did not do they needed a little extra time before they could finish off their trilogy of arkham games so warner brothers decided hey let's throw it to this little side studio they can do a prequel game at the time when it came out, it didn't have the greatest reception, but I personally played it and thought it was good. It was another Arkham game and those have always been awesome. So they're developing this game. The one interesting thing about it is it is not set in the Arkham universe of games. It does not have any continuity tied to that. It may look and play similar to it, but you don't have to worry about a whole background of four previous games, which is nice. You just maybe need a general knowledge of some Bat Family stuff. And originally, I did not place this that high on my list to begin with, but eventually settled on number two because I found a neat little article from IGN where they talked to one of the producers and directors for the game that kind of reassured me about some of the things. When I first saw the trailer for this and gameplay, I thought it was going to be a live service or games as a service type game which for those that don't know, that's the type of game where they release it and it has like a large co-op component and it's just constantly updated over and over and over again. And they expect you to buy a bunch of like, you know, microtransactions and keep having you pay for it over and over. And a games of service game is the type of game that a company wants you to play as your forever game. Mm-hmm. I was not looking forward to that. That's what the recent Marvel's Avengers game from Square Enix is going to be. I do not look forward to that. That's what I thought this was going to be from the first trailer. Thankfully, this interview kind of reassured me that no, that's not how this is going to be. The main premise is Batman is dead. So he has left the responsibility to protect Gotham to Nightwing, Batgirl, Robin, and the Red Hood. And like I said earlier, it has combat that is similar to the Arkham series of games and you can have up to two players playing co-op. And the neat thing is you can actually be the same characters if you wanna be. If you wanna be Batgirl, I wanna be Batgirl, game doesn't care. You can both be Batgirl. But also if you just wanna play the game by yourself, that's cool too. You can play through the entire game alone. You can play it solo and you can still do it. And it's not gonna affect anything. It has some sort of like semi-RPG type leveling system with skill trees and things, which is also what made people worry that it was going to be a live service game because that's the reputation that those type of games have. But it looks like it'll be pretty cool. Each of the characters look unique. And even if you and I are both playing as a Batgirl, they said that they have enough different skills through all the different trees and equipment and stuff that your Batgirl might be entirely different from how mine is. Maybe you have one who's focused more on like range type combat and mine is more of a a close fighting brawler type character. We got both a cinematic 
trailer that teased that the big part of the story is going to be a Court of Owls, which is mm-hmm. a comic storyline from the early 2010s, I believe, which was generally well-received. I haven't read it myself yet, but a lot of people are excited about it. We also got a gameplay trailer of about seven minutes, and it looked pretty cool. And I'm not just saying that because they fought Mr. Freeze. Nathan? So we have a video game with a storyline where Batman is dead. I am so excited about this. I mean, again, I am sick of Batman. So the fact that we have a game centered around him being dead. What? Don't start. What? <laughs> don't, don't start. <laughs> I am so excited to get to learn more about these secondary characters. Like I know of Robin and I know of Nightwing and I know of Batgirl, but Red Hood, I've never heard of Red Hood. And I actually thought he was a villain at first when I first saw him just because of his aesthetic. So to find out that he's actually kind of a vigilante hero instead of being a, a villain, I'm just like, this is going to be amazing. So I'm, and I'm so excited too, because like, I've never heard of the Court of Owls and I thought they were going to be good guys at first and then no, find out they're villains potentially. And I just, I'm so excited to learn about this parliament and all these extra characters that I just know nothing about. And the fact that I get to explore it at my own pace in a video game, instead of just watching it on screen, I'm super stoked and excited about Gotham Knights. And yeah, Batman's dead. <laughs> so this this game looks incredible. I, I'm going to, I hate to burst your bubble, Nathan. Chances are Batman is not actually dead. Oh, no. uh, he's probably deep undercover or brainwashed or, or something out of commission, we'll say, for probably the better part of the game. And will probably show up later at the very end but only really in stories. So I agree with you in the sentiment that it is great to get a game based in the Batman universe that isn't you playing Batman. And that's, that's really cool because, you know, the other, the, the other characters in the Batman world are all great and hold up in their own right. And so to see them get their, their own time or, or their own game, even if they're sharing the game technically, you know, is, is awesome. I do want to add, I don't, I don't, I don't recall hearing James say it. Jim Gordon is also dead in the game. It has apparently has been dead because Bruce mentions that since he passed. So Jim has been dead for some time. Uh, and some of the abilities of the characters uh, have looked good. Um, Robin looks like he probably has some kind of teleportation traveling kind of uh, stick. Like we mentioned earlier when in the Suicide Squad Field of Justice League with Captain Boomerang. It looks like there's some kind of teleportation technique there and each of them have their own kind of different play styles. So I'm hoping that the game will kind of set you up to want to play through the game as each character. So the idea that, you know, and then that hopefully that the story will change somewhat with each one, like the outcome will be slightly different or there are missions that you get with one character that you don't get with another character or story beats that happen with one character that you don't get with another one or or perspective changes you know Mm -hmm. like there's a mission that involves both batgirl and red hood but when you play it with batgirl you only see one side of the story not the other side that that red hood was seeing and so the idea that multiple playthroughs will give you more like more than just bragging rights is cool because you'll be able to you, you're going to want to see the other stuff you miss and experience some of the things you can't experience with those other characters all that looks great the gameplay footage they showed is all pre-alpha and it looks incredible for being pre-alpha like there are games in beta that don't look that great <coughs> avengers <coughs> You know, this is in pre-alpha and it looks amazing. Now, obviously there are some things there like the HUD is missing and not all the elements are there and you can see some of the animations look slightly choppy, but for pre-alpha, it looks incredible. So I'm super excited for this one. All the characters look great. Freeze looks super intimidating and and is a really nice slight tweak. He looks like he's got more of like a robotic body to him uh, and it just looks really neat. He's using some kind of weather thing to flash freeze the city of Gotham and stuff. So it looks really, really neat. This game looks great. And then we have Court of Owls. Uh, And like James mentioned, yeah, they were introduced somewhere around 2010. Uh, Yes, Nathan, they are villains. They're essentially kind of like a secret society run by Gotham's richest families. 
that have been controlling things in Gotham since the beginning, since the birth of the city. If anything is going on that doesn't go the way that benefits them, they are influencing that through money, power, politics, violence, death, conspiracy, all kinds of stuff. I did not read The Court of Owls run myself. Most of what I know I have I've consumed through summaries of online articles and other YouTubers that have shared uh, kind of a summar- summarization of the Court of Owls storyline. They were featured in the Gotham TV show that ran on Fox for a few, for I want to say it's like five seasons-ish, which I thought was a great show and I loved it. So to see the Court of Owls get a feature presentation in a title like this is, is going to be super exciting. They are a wonderfully mysterious and super powerful organization. So to see Robin and Red Hood and Batgirl and Nightwing go up against the Court of Owls sans Batman is going to be what I think this thing is going to provide a really cool and interesting challenge. I am super excited for this game and it is why it is at number one on my list of things announced at Fandom. So it looks like we have plenty to look forward to coming out of DC's Fandom, but not everything is great. There's bound to have been some things we thought were terrible. Nathan, did you find anything that you thought might be terrible? So I liked a lot of the stuff that, that was announced, even though I don't know a lot of it. A lot of it is just kind of like, oh, I can't wait to see what it's like. But there is one thing that's terrible about everything that came out, and that is we don't need another Batman movie. Period. End of story. Come at me, bro. What's your beef? I'm Batman. Now, uh, I might posit that it would be interesting if we had another, like a Batman Beyond movie, perhaps. Yes. Okay, I, I guess I should have specified we don't need another Bruce Wayne Batman movie. But yes, if we had Batman Beyond, I love that show. The little bit that they get to watch. So that would be a fantastic. The only thing I saw at DC fandom that I didn't really care for or that has me slightly concerned that could be terrible is Black Adam. I love Dwayne Johnson. And a lot of his movies are great. They're not all great, but he makes a lot of great movies. He's a great person. But for a while now, he's just been trying, trying really hard to make this movie happen. And uh, some of the stuff they showed does look good, but I'm, I'm just worried that they're, force, he's, like, they're forcing this a little too much. It's, it's a movie we don't necessarily need. I don't, I don't know that there's a ton of demand for Black Adam. And I also wonder whether or not Dwayne Johnson realizes that Black Adam is a Shazam character and we have a Shazam movie. And should we not wait for Black Adam to be introduced in Shazam maybe before we try feeling out a Black Adam movie? But, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, more content is better than less content as long as the content is okay and not terrible. So I, because I like Dwayne Johnson, I'm going to give him a shot, but I don't have high hopes for this one. And uh, but it was really of- the only thing I had concerns about. Sorry. And speaking of forced, uh, you know there's going to be one line in that movie, and it's going to be, what can I say except you're welcome. And, but that is a great movie, though. Moana is a fantastic movie. But we're not here to talk about Moana. We're here to talk about DC. <laughs> so we didn't have a lot of time to cover everything that happened at DC's fandom. So I just want to run through real quick about some of the other things that were announced uh, as kind of like an honorable mentions uh, segment here. So in movies, we have The Flash. This movie is apparently, yes, going to happen. It's been back and forth on the chopping block, but looks like it has survived. It is going to introduce the DC multiverse, so that kind of looks exciting. Uh, We may get to see some other classic DC characters get reintroduced or come back in this movie, a la the multiverse. So, you know, that was also announced. Aquaman 2 was also talked about there. Just a panel that teased some of the details in the movie, talked with the director about some of the things that he's looking forward to doing in the movie. Shazam 2 got some coverage with a title, Shazam Fury of the Gods. In TV shows, uh, other than Sandman, we also got some information on Titans Season 3. We got some information uh, and a trailer on The Flash Season 7. That was actually a decent TV show. I still need to catch up on Season 6, but I have enjoyed what I've seen so far. And that's all that we had not covered from DC Fandom. So any other honorable mentions you guys want to cover before we leave? Yeah, it wasn't an announcement per se, but I did notice somebody captured a clip of it later. It looked like it might have been something that they used as a in-between panels. 
but they have something up where they took the two main characters of Batman Beyond. Uh, we have old Bruce Wayne played by Kevin Conroy and we have the young new Batman played by Will Freddle and it has them riffing on and talking about the Batman 66 Adam West version and I found it pretty funny talking about just how really just campy and does not make any sense how much that Batman series was especially their remarks on Cesar Romero's makeup covered mustache joker still better than the CG covered mustache in Justice League (laughs) just saying So that wraps up our episode and our coverage of DC's Fandom event. I want to give a shout out to Jacob, a friend of ours that couldn't make it today. He was going to join us for this episode. He's a huge DC fan. I know he loves Superman and Batman and would have loved my Batman stick uh, more than these two yahoos. But, you know, shout out to Jacob. I uh, hope you feel well soon. And, you know, we can feature you in the next one, hopefully. also want to, uh, this is a long time coming. We're, what? This is our fourth episode, and I want to give a shout out to the wives uh, of the cast. Uh, They do a lot to help keep the kids and the cats calm while we sit here and talk about video games and comic books and movies. So shout out to our wives, to to Layla, to Stephanie, and to Jessica for doing what they do to help make this show possible. Uh, So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Catch you in the next one. Later. Be good to each other out there. We haven't met before. My name is Robert. I'm James. In brightest day and blackest night, beware my power. I'm Nathan Hyde. And I'm Batman. (laughs) Today's episode, we will share our thoughts on some of the things announced at DC's fandom event on August 23rd. (laughs) So sorry. I tried. I tried. So redo. (laughs)